Welcome to the Morning Sly Show with Super Sly 75. You're listening to OnTheWakeUpRadio.com. Sign up for OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Shout out to our super producer, Cindy Ashby. All shows are live on TheWakeUpRadio.com. Catch replays on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio, as well as otwtube.com. And now back to your host, Super Sly 75. <clears throat> what's up what's up what is up All right, uh, shit. I'm up, I'm up. Uh, let's see what's happening, what's happening, what's happening? All right, cool, cool, cool. Town Hall, Trump's crazy. Blah, blah, blah. Da, 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 um, Yeah, 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 yeah. What's happening? What's happening? What's bracken? What's bracken? I'm dry tonight. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm just here. Throw with the Patriot. Oh, okay. No, nah, it's not gonna happen. Uh, we don't need immigrants, and yeah, it's too late. What's happening? All right, all right, all right. I see you. I see you. I still want my money when uh when Little Mermaid makes a billion. Uh, high vibrational. Hey, well, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Means. I just woke up. <laughs> All right, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where to begin. Where do I be? You know what? Let's get right into it. Ed Sheeran. Now, I I've said this now. Once again, I'm I'm so glad Ed Sheeran broke down how he broke down for the jury. It was a good win for Ed and the music business. Um, yeah. Cannot copyright chord progressions and melodies. So for those that still believe that Ed shouldn't have won his case against Ed Townsend, the co-writer for uh, whatever Marvin Gaye song it was, I'm just going to come out and say you're stupid. Yeah, I'm just tired of I'm tired of being kind to people's feelings. I'm just in a I'm Aggie right now. But if you believe that Ed Sheeran should not have won his case against Ed Townsend, you're stupid because you cannot you cannot copyright chord progressions and melodies. You're stupid. Eighty percent of the most popular songs come from the same three to four chord progressions and. Ed Sheeran breaks this shit down like a scientist. Shout out to him and his attorneys. Shout out to him and his attorneys. Irrefutable. Here it is. Irrefutable. Irrefutable. You sat down with the jury, and I think this is great. And you took out your guitar, and you said to the jury, you think I ripped off this song? I'm going to play you something now and show you how similar things can be. What did you play for that jury? Um, if I was the jury, yeah, what did you say to them? So it was, um... Now, no Ed, no Ed Sheeran slander. This kid's a talent for a reason. This kid is here for a reason. I don't care about him being ginger. I don't care what label he's signed to. This guy is an, an immense talent. Immensely talent. Give Ed Sheeran his respect. All right? The way... Yeah, he breaks this shit down. Shout out to him and his attorneys because they did their research. They did their research. Let's go. So my one is, um, when your legs don't work like they used to before. And then there's, have I told you lately that I loved you? And then, um, um, people get ready. There's a train coming. Three damn different songs. Same chord progressions. He went from John Mayer. <laughs> Wait, who did he go from? The first song was John Mayer that I, that I can recognize. Let me see what song that I can jury. pick out. Um, if I was the jury, yeah, what did you say to them? So it was, um, so my one is, um, when your legs don't work like they used to before, and then there's, have I told you lately that I loved you? And then, um, um, people get ready, there's a train coming, um, and then, uh, what was the, looks like we made it. Look how far we've come, my baby. That is uh, Shania Twain, still the one. Curtis Mayfield. Yeah, you heard there's four different. They all use the same chord progressions. 
They all use the same chord progressions. Now I stand affirm when I hear people talk about this case about Ed should have lost. You're stupid. And it's mainly black people saying this. You're stupid. Let's continue. Let's let Ed break this shit down again. And oh, she breaks just like a woman. I mean, there was a, there was 101 songs that and that was like scratching the surface. There was like 101. You know, there's um uh, I guess you say it's it's really my girl who wrote my girl who wrote my girl let's continue with the breakdown thank you ed and what i was saying is like yes it's a chord sequence that you hear on successful songs but if you say that a song in 1973 owns this then what about all the songs that came before we found songs like from like the 1700s that had similar uh, melodic stuff. And then there was like huge songs in the 50s and huge songs in the 60s. And it's just no one's saying that songs shouldn't be copyrighted, but you just can't copyright a chord sequence. You just can't. Yeah. But those of us that know would know. Thank you, Ed Sheeran. Thank you. Yeah. People are stupid. People are stupid. I'm just going to come out and say it. People are stupid. Non-music people are stupid. Excellent, excellent breakdown. Uh, yeah, I am dry tonight, man. I'm just like, I'm just fucking here. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like here. The mother of the, the Virginia toddler. I didn't know they booked her for, for this crime. I didn't know. Let's go. ABC News exclusive with the mother of the Virginia six-year-old who shot his teacher. She's speaking about out about it for the first time. Lindsay Davis sat down with her and joined us with that. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning to you, Michael. Exactly one month to the day, a Virginia grand jury indicted Deja Taylor, charging her with child. I didn't know the mama got popped for this. As they, sh you know what? Yes, arrest the parents. As they should. Arrest the parents. A Virginia grand jury indicted Deja Taylor, charging her with child neglect and failing to secure her gun. When I talked to the 25-year-old and her grandfather, who now has custody of her son, she said she wants people to know she's a good mom. While school shootings in the U.S. are no longer a rarity, what happened at this Virginia elementary school in January was shocking. The shooter was only six years old. The victim his 25-year-old teacher, Abigail Zwerner. Despite being shot, she managed to get all of her students to safety. Female victim, she's been shot in the abdomen as well as a through and through into the hand. Amid the ongoing criminal and civil cases, the family of the first grader who shot his teacher has remained quiet until now. Does he talk about the incident? No. He talks a lot more about the day before or the two days before um, than he does about January 6th. Yes, I know you're going to ask, where's the father? I just think we should stop asking these questions at this point. No, no, we should no longer ask where the father is. It doesn't even matter at this point, but let's continue. Shortly after the shooting, the family released a statement saying, our son suffers from an acute disability and was under a care plan at the school that included his mother or father accompanying him to class every day. The week of the shooting was the first week when we were not in class with him. What can you tell us specifically about your son's disability? So he has ADHD. Some are able to have it at a very mild rate, but he's 
off the wall, doesn't sit still ever. And why did the school decide that it was no longer necessary for the family to be in, in class? He had started medication and he was meeting his goals um, academically. Had your son ever spoken like about hurting the teacher or was there anything like any angst that he had against her? No, he actually really liked her. I will say that week he did come home. He liked her so much he shot her, but let's continue. Um, and he was talking, you know, a lot about how he felt like he was being ignored. So he would come home and, Mom, I don't think that she was listening to me. I didn't like that. And then actually he ended up getting suspended the next day because he was in class. He was trying to tell her something. Um, and she asked him to go sit back down. He threw his arms up. He said, fine. And when he threw his arms up, he knocked her phone out of her hand on accident. And See, see. You don't want to deal with you. Now, y'all be like, oh, these kids, if he has Asperger's or Canner syndrome, oh, but they're the next step in, you know, human evolution. You got to gotta excuse some of these behaviors. No, no, no. No. Sorry. No. No. Stop making excuses for your weird-ass kids. Or don't put your kids... And, and, and environments and settings that is not conducive to them. They do have autistic and ADHD-based schools that you can send your kids to. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But let's let mom continue to, to, to dance around the bullshit and, and make excuses for the little badass kid. And he got suspended for that. Zwerner did not respond to ABC News's request for comment, but in a lawsuit, she says the student slammed the cell phone on the ground so hard that it cracked and shattered. She's now filed a $40 million lawsuit against the Newport News School District and Richneck Elementary officials, claiming they ignored multiple warnings about the student's behavior and concerns that he had a gun. According to the suit, the child had a history of random violence and that he attacked students and teachers alike both in and out of school. Is that description accurate? Whether it is or it isn't, the school enrolled him in September. Okay, wait. Let's run that back. History of random violence and the time that I made. Come on, man. This now nah, this kid with the put this kid with the other with the other slow. Okay, you know what? Let me just get to this super chat real quick. Rasta's realities, my man. <laughs> Thank you for the two super chat. <laughs> well, hey, listen. Yeah, hey, listen. Hey, hey. Yeah, guys like Edward, if it wasn't for YouTube, if it wasn't for YouTube, I'm telling you, yeah, we, we're gonna ignite, we're gonna dismiss the fact that how this kid got access to the weapon to begin with, let alone obviously the the the, the trigger or the safety wasn't on the weapon, right? Unless he knew how to disengage the safety. Um, rack the slide and then begin to shoot at his teacher. But, oh, okay. In and out of school. Is that description accurate? Whether it is or it isn't, the school enrolled him in September knowing all of the past behaviors. The school district released a statement to ABC News saying it cannot release information about a student's educational record. And last month, the district filed to dismiss Werner's suit, arguing her injuries fall under workers' compensation. 
The gun used in the shooting was legally purchased by Taylor. She says it was kept locked away. Her attorney would not say how the six-year-old got it. How did your son access the gun? Nobody knows. No one knows. Let me just ask this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll direct it to you, Jimmy. Is it that no one has asked him how he got it, or you're just not ready to reveal how he got it? Not, we're not ready to discuss that at oh, this okay. point. Yes, people have talked to him about that. I, I don't know that any adult knows exactly how he got the gun. Okay, so just off the firearm negligence, you should be locked up. So just off the firearm negligence, you should already be locked up just on GP. Just on GP. Okay. Was the gun locked somewhere? It was locked somewhere. Mm -hmm. In April, Taylor was charged with a felony count of child neglect and a misdemeanor count of recklessly leaving a firearm as to endanger a child. Her trial is set for August. Do you feel in any way responsible for the shooting? Yes, of course. Um, that is my son. So I am, as a parent, obviously willing to take responsibility for him because he can't take responsibility for himself. Anything that either of you would like to say to Abigail Zwerner? I just truly would like to apologize that, you know, out of the incident, she did get hurt. Um, we were actually kind of forming, like, a relationship with me having to be in the classroom. Um, and she was a really bright person. Deja faces up to six years in prison. She says she doesn't think that that's a fair punishment, but added, quote, anything for my baby. Her lawyer says that they're hoping to work out a plea deal. As for her son, they say that he's thriving and getting the treatment that he needs. They say, interestingly, he doesn't talk about the incident at all, that he talks more often about the days leading up to it. Interesting. Listen, that kid's going to be a problem. I don't care what you say. There's no turning back. Like, you shot somebody. Um, I would keep an eye on that kid. That kid's going to be a problem. Hey, let me see. I thought I pulled it, but I guess not. Okay. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Where do I go from here? Move the trash. Say that. Let's say that. Do I even care about this part? Man, this is I'm so dry, y'all. Just <sighs> the spirit has not I'm waiting for the spirit and it hasn't just shown up. Yeah, right? That's enough internet for today. Yo, let's do this. Yo, Madonna, right? Madonna. I heard about this story many, many years ago. I didn't believe it to be true. But uh, apparently Madonna, there's an old story that Madonna got this dude set up to go to prison for moving weight because he was laundering money through her. Right? This is an old music business story. This guy got popped. He was initially washing money through Madonna. And at some point, he pissed her off and she called up the feds on this guy. Has anybody heard of this? This is old. Like I said, you had to be around to hear this story, but Peter Pichu at one point was New York's 
you know, the best party promoter. I didn't know this actually happened. I just heard stories like, yo, watch out for Madonna, man, because I never heard Zoe Williams talk about this. Right, because Zoe Williams at one point did work for Madonna over at Maverick Records, right? And, um, yeah, this was like an old rumor that just, you know, every few years would 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 come up out of out the blue. So let's kind of shout out to Twitter, man. Twitter broke this shit down. Valtown, let's go. Um, okay, Peter Shu, one of the greatest party promoters to ever hail from New York City. He was he was responsible for many big parties at the time that brought music, sports, and street icons together in one building. Born in 1959 in the Bronx, he was friends with Charles Oakley. Okay, okay. He grew up in the Simpson area of the South Bronx. Sound like one of Truth Teller's cousins or something, like distant cousins, you know what I'm saying? Uh, We know the South Bronx, hip-hop, blah, blah, blah. But let's get right, let's get into it, right? Okay. Peter came from a Chinese father and African-American mother. Uh, His features showed his Asian side more, but when he spoke, his strong Bronx accent and fast speech shocked whoever didn't know him, his mother pictured below. Okay. South Bronx had everything, drugs, prostitutes, stick-up kids, kidnappers, the whole nine. He grew up with a love for baseball, playing for his high school teams before being kicked out of every high school in the Bronx between 1974 and 78. For cutting class, bad behavior, the usual. Peter then attended Stevenson, Monroe, and Evan uh, Evander, just to name a few. Always a hustler, he started off selling joints on the corner, about 700 of them, which put $700 uh, in his pocket each week. This carried on throughout, throughout college. 1979, he enrolled in Manhattan City College and played basketball for them. Okay, that's him, number 10. All right, around the early 1980s, while people were getting their hustle on and made large amounts of money, Peter and his group were the ones taking the money uh, from them with force. His father passed away around that time, so he felt the need to become a man and take care of his mother. Sounds familiar. In 1984, he was arrested for armed robbery and sent to jail for four years. He was released in 1988. His incarceration was served during the height of the crack epidemic. When he came home, all of his friends had quit their day jobs and thought he was going to lead them back into robbing people for money. But he said he was done with that life. Coming home, determined not to get back into the stick up game on his mother's advice. He went out and got a job. He began working for a telephone company. It was very popular amongst his colleagues. There was a man in his job. Um, y'all can figure out who that man was, but the man at, at his job didn't like Peter for whatever reason and tried to get him fired. Peter had to check in with his parole officer and instead of using the phone in the break room, he used a phone at his desk to call her. The man overheard the convo. Turns out when Peter filled out his job application, he didn't check off the box that said he was a felon because he knew if he did, he'd be jobless and get violated by his PO. The man snitched on him to the boss and he was approached by the supervisor only to get fired. The manager tried to vouch for him by saying how much of a good job he was doing, but the supervisor didn't care. He had to go. P.O. had already contacted his mother about what happened, and on the way home, he cried and wanted to drive off the bridge. Peter got home, looked at his mother, and she already knew 
what was about to happen. He told her that he tried it her way and he'll never work for anybody again in his life. Okay. Around that time this was happening, his birthday was coming up and had gotten an early gift that he stashed in his closet from a friend. The night he got fired, a smell came from the closet. He opened it and it was a kilo of cocaine. He called the friend who gifted him the kilo and was instructed on how to cook it up into crack. Although he told his friends he wasn't going to get into the crack business, he messed up the batch and the kilo dissolved as he was trying to cook it up. After that, he got a pro cook. Peter uh, decided that instead of selling crack, he was just going to sell cocaine and heroin since he knew people that could buy them in high quantities. His friends wanted to throw him a party, so they came up with a plan to host the biggest party of the year, a black tie affair. Peter rented out a hotel ballroom that could hold up to 2,000 people, but still chose to hand out 30,000 flyers. Along with that, he advertised on the radio and his party was the place to be. Everyone in New York heard about his party and they all came out to support him and have a good time. Mike Tyson, Charles Oakley, Keith Sweat, Mary J. Blige, Jodeci, In Touch, Puff, Salt and Pepper, and many other, many more came out to his parties. Every party he had, they were there. Many R&B and other hip-hop artists gained popularity points by performing at his parties. Out of love, they performed for free because the promotion was free just by being there. Puff was one of the, was one of the many to benefit from these parties as well as Keith Sweat. After realizing the success his birthday party had, he chose to throw one every month. A Peter's Shoe party was in constant demand. While throwing the parties, he still had his feet in the drug game. His brother-in-law knew the connect down in Miami and he could get the work there at a decent price. Coke value in the street was about $19,000, but he'd sell it for fifteen dollars to $16,000. Heroin was real money, though. Coke is good money, but dope is unbelievable money. Peter began traveling all over with his team, Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Miami, Baltimore, the islands, wherever money could be made. In the midst of all that, he started having kids of his own, but he needed the money to take care of them. His bread and butter was dealing in Baltimore. He could push a lot of weight down there, and he knew his way around as if it were New York. He was moving six to eight keys a week and made $80,000 off each key. Sometimes he would carry over half a million in bags by himself. The money became so much he and his team would count $15 million in cash by hand. No money machine. And if one of them messed the count up, they would have to empty out the bags and start all over. Peter would sponsor basketball games for the kids in the community in Harlem at Rucker Park. His, he had his own team called the Take No Prisoners and handed out thousands of T-shirts to everybody in the stand so the opponents could see. This is where Above the Rim was inspired from. I did not know that. I did not know that. Let's continue. Peter played in these games. Also, he had an altercation with the coach who happened to be a dyke, and she had told him to suck her D. He told her, watch her mouth, and she didn't. So he walked over and slapped her to the ground. Her friend had pulled out a gun on Peter. So he walks over to the dude with his shirt lifted up and tells him, go ahead, shoot. The dude got so scared. Peter did that. So he runs off. The coach is still on the ground and Peter smiles at her and says, you know, you dead, right? 
after the game, Peter had got 25 car, 25 cars full of dudes four in each car to go out and find the guy who pulled the gun out on him and uh, to also find the coach over a hundred dudes going around the city looking for them. They got stopped by the tactical narcotics team. Peter had a desert Eagle in his hand, but ditched it and ran off. 37 of his guys got apprehended and his lawyer called him saying he had to bail them out, which he did spent $500,000. That night, Peter went to his apartment in Manhattan and the police knocked on his door. No one knew where he lived, so he was surprised to see them there. The coach had family members in the force. The police told him if she ends up dead, he's going to jail. Peter answered and said she better not ever come back to Harlem again and shut the door right in their faces. She never came back to Harlem again. Peter was so deep in the game one night, a guy got shot in a park who fit the description of Peter, black and Asian, and uh, Demencio, who who he was good friends with, called Peter's mother crying and telling her, Peter is dead, and I'm going to find out who did it. I'm going to get him. Demencio had sent Peter's mother in a frenzy. She and his sister went to one hospital, and Peter's girlfriend went to another hospital. Meanwhile, Peter was in Baltimore counting millions and not answering his beeper. Peter ended up contacting his family, and his mother begged him to get out the game. He agreed and told her one more year and he's done for good. He meant it more popular. He got more famous figures showed their faces at his events. Wesley Snipes, Woody Harrelson, Shaka Khan, Robert De Niro and Tupac were all there. Heavy D was also a close friend of Peter too. Heavy said, I'll never go to a party unless it's a Peter shoe party. He had a genuine love for Peter. Okay. Okay. Keith Sweat was very close to Peter, and Keith had issues with Alpo. Peter told Alpo, if you touch Keith, I will kill you, and Alpo left Keith alone. Peter was respected but feared, and he meant business. Keith in the first picture, and Alpo picture. Okay, okay, this shit crazy, boy, let's continue. Suge Knight had the impression that New Yorkers were soft because of who he had as executives running the business. Peter turned that around quick. Okay, let's talk about that in this thread. In this thread, let's go with this thread. Oh, he does. Oh, it's not there, bastard. Damn it. Okay. 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 Peter wasn't afraid of anyone but God. Should respected him after their altercation and asked Peter if he could manage Death Row East along with Chaz who was 50 cents old manager and a bank robber from Queens in the seventies. Chaz is black hand. He used to manage Foxy Brown. Chaz is a, I don't know what he's like six, four, six, five tall, old dark skinned dude, but Chaz, the black hand, they had a, a re, they had a distribution deal. Oh, I forgot how long ago that was. I forgot who the first rapper was, but yeah, Chaz used to manage Foxy Brown back in the day. Chaz was a Chaz. Chaz was legit. Chaz was legit. Let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Okay, here we go. Here's, here's, here's the downfall. Queen uh, Peter tried to wash his money and go legit. He met Madonna at a nightclub beginning an affair between the two. He used to take her to Rucker Park. They traveled together on private jets. Peter did anything to make sure he could get what he wanted. And she knew what he was doing. Peter was washing $10 million a month. Through Madonna and what they and 
what they were doing. She loved him. He didn't love her. She went as far as to say she wanted his babies. When they first met, he said, I like my women black like my coffee. Even though he was joking, she should have known. Peter upped and left her. She was so upset. She had got an old lady um, to help him set, help set him up with the feds. This old lady was a 65-year-old informant for the FBI, working with them for years. Peter eventually got set up with the feds and went to Long Island to meet up with whomever he was supposed to be dealing with that night. Instead, he was approached by 30 cars full of federal agents and Madonna nowhere to be found. Peter went to trial and it led to two hung juries. His lawyer made him say that he was in love with her, so that's why she did what she did. It didn't work. The feds also tried to cut him a deal, which would have led to him serving five years. But the charges leading up were adding more. Peter didn't snitch on anyone and took his sentence on the chin. He got hit with 24 years and eight months. He ended up only serving only 21 years, missing out on his kids' lives and the rest of his mother's who passed away not too long ago when he got out. Okay. Peter's shoe. So this, yeah, this did take place. Yeah, this is, this is crazy. And here's the, here's the, uh, the article. Elderly mob, an elderly, elderly mob mall testified yesterday that she helped engineer a federal drug sting against one of Madonna's ex-boyfriends. Longtime federal informant Arlene Brickman, she was 65, testified on videotape in a Long Island courtroom that she worked with the DEA to build a case against nightclub party promoter Peter Shu. Shu at the time was 36, who faces up to 30 years behind bars for allegedly trying to buy 13 kilos of cocaine from an undercover agent in the parking lot of a Chinese restaurant in Roslyn, Long Island in March. Argues that he was entrapped by Brickman and the feds. Brickman, who detailed her life's her lifetime of steamy affairs with assorted wise guys in her 1992 autobiography, Mob Girl, A Woman's Life in the Underworld, said she became friendly with Madonna after the pop star became interested and starred in a film version of the book. Madonna, she said, asked her to find out if Shu, a former love interest, was dealing drugs. After Shu admitted to her that he was, Brickman said she hinted that she could hook him up with the mob and then went to the DA, DEA's Long Island Task Force. Shu testified in a previous trial that he was briefly involved with the Madonna in the summer of 94 after meeting her in a Manhattan nightclub. Jeezy Peach. That is wild. Okay. Here we go. Now that he's out and back on his feet, he has a couple of projects he's working on right now. He also released his autobiography picture below. It's a must read. I'm sure it is. Oh. And he has Madonna's panties that she sent him on the plane, which he is auctioning for 25 mil. It has her DNA on it. Confirmed. Yeah, that's no one's going to buy that for 25 mil, bro. Let's see what the, let's see what the, it says, hi, baby. I'm sending you a package for love and luck. The sunflower is very good luck. You should always have them in your house. Also the underwear requested holy water um some some obvious for obvious reasons and my new record please listen to it okay 
Okay. All right. Wow, wow, wow. He has so many good threads, man. The Rise and Fall of South Jamaica, Queen Drug Trader tonight. Do we, hey, do we want to go into the, uh, South Jamaica, Queens drug, drug trade. Do you, do you care about that? Do you want to go down there? Do you want to go down the thread? Nikki Barnes, Robert Yummy. Okay. I, I know about yummy. Like the, yeah, we all know about yummy. And we know about Benji Wilson. Yeah. Um, yo, if you check the comments, let me check the comments. See what y'all talking about. Oh, so we want, we want to go down to the, the, the South Queens, Jamaica, Drug trade, yeah. Well, them panties is from it's from the nineteen nineties, man. I mean, it's like stinky panties. I hate y'all. I hate y'all. Okay. Oh man, listen. One brick a change of life. One brick a change of life. One one brick will change your life. Not Clarence Avant. Uh, okay. So we want to go down Queens. Okay. Let's go South Jamaica, Queens. Let me see what else he got. Okay. Let's, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to have to change this, this, uh, title. All right. The rise and fall of the South Jamaica Queens drug trade of the 1980s. Here we go. Here we go. Ready? In the 1980s, South Jamaica was the mecca of crack, dope, whatever you want to call that shit. Jamaica was the place to get it. Fat Cat Nichols, Pappy Mason, and also the Supreme Team were making millions of dollars on the streets. And that's all them. And wait, I see Supreme is here in the white suit on the left. So you see the guy with the, the sailor's hat, the captain's hat? Supreme is the guy on the left. I mean, he has features that pretty much stand out because he has green eyes, right? Supreme has green eyes, all my New Yorkers, right? The green-eyed bandit, the original. All right, all right, all right, let's continue, let's continue. Okay, okay. Fat Cat and Pappy met at a juvenile detention center in 1977 and formed a bond kicking kids' asses in and out of jail, street bullies. Fat Cat was known for his quick hands and intimidating presence, weighing around 300 pounds during his prime, Dude wasn't fat. He was solid. Fat Cat was raised in South Jamaica houses, otherwise known as the 40 Projects. Pappy was raised in Crown Heights, Troy Avenue area. He had a hatred for authority and was very ruthless in anything he did regarding Cat. Queens in the 60s and 70s wasn't really known for toughness and brutality like its cousin Burroughs, the, the Bronx, and Brooklyn. But that changed fast. South Jamaica soon became the Mecca to drug dealers as much as a million dollars from one week to a month could be made on those streets. Fat Cat had the 40 projects infamous, infamously named the block until this day. They still call it that Fat Cat and Pappy uh, ruled the South side. All right. Not anybody was allowed in South Jamaica. Even if your auntie stayed there, if you didn't grow up in those projects, you were going to get beat. Fat Cat became the black John Gotti of the South Side, running the drug trade like a fast food joint long before crack came in the picture, which brought on a high police radar. With that happening, Cat went legit or tried to. He opened up a deli called Big Deli. Pappy had started his own crew called the Bebos, which was highly influenced by the Jamaican culture, had American kids speaking Patois. 
Pappy was so, so ruthless, very violent and just out of control, but he was loyal. And that's why he's considered a legend today in Queens. Pappy Mason and Prince were really the reasons why the war on drugs elevated. You'll see what happens. Anyways, back on point, Fat Cat was really moving through Queens like a ghost, the black underworld, an icon of his time. And with Pappy Mason at his hip, putting fear in the hearts of everyone in the South Side, Cat was untouchable. Sporting fancy cars, flashy jewelry, women, throwing parties, all the stuff you see in the movies, they were living it right here in Queens. Fast forward to July of 1985, Cat gets locked up at his deli after an informant gives the police a tip on where he's selling them uh, where he's selling from directly. Cat gets arrested at his deli on drug charges. Pappy creeps up on a cop hoodie and had a gun to the cop's head. Cat waves him off quietly. If he killed that cop right then and there, it wouldn't have it would have been a rap done deal. But Cat was a smart, logical thinker. Pappy was ready for war. Pappy would stick hot combs up people's asses if they didn't spill information that he needed. They lit junkies up on fire in the streets. God damn. Holy shit. Whoa, what is wrong with y'all? <laughs> what the hell? Let's continue. Crack shows up on South Jamaica streets while Cat was in prison for the drug charges. Being naive to the effects Crack had, he left it alone. While a new cat ruled the South Side, Supreme McGriff. Preem, that was on the right, was a mentee of Fat Cat. Cat mentored Preem, but Preem never worked for him. Just a protege, learning as he went. Okay, Preem is from Baisley Park Projects. Coming from a decent middle class family, he was very smart growing up. His nephew Prince, only two years younger, became his right-hand man. Crack is the new drug on the streets, a cheap high. Pre uh, Prince was Preem's muscle, just like Pappy. He was extremely violent. And killing people just seemed to give him some type of a rush. He single-handedly terrorized Southside with an iron fist. Supreme and his crew did everything Cat's crew did, but better and more innovative. They influenced the style of local rappers LL Cool J, Run DMC, etc., etc. Uh, Queens was putting out crazy good rappers like ball players, and the rappers wanted to emulate the real hustlers. Rapidly dethroning Cat as the king of the South Side, Supreme got along with his squad. The Supreme team were running New York. It's so much ground to cover. Okay, but I'm just okay, okay, okay. Fat Cat tries to keep his business up by getting into the crack game, but Preem was outshining everyone in New York, including Harlem Cats. Okay, okay. So we know we have we know about Rich Porter and Kevin Childs. Okay, we we know that we know that. Okay. Fat Cat is having a hard time getting his foot in the streets like how he used to, and it's frustrating him inside. Cat is running the show from his cell, Gotti style, with Pappy being his enforcer on the streets. This turns out to be a terrible idea. Supreme and his team were pulling in millions, selling on South Jamaica streets. Police were terrified of them, NYPD pissing in their pants. A few key members had their own vials to sell. Each of them had a set colors which identify who was selling what and who was making money. In 1987, Preem gets locked up on a 10-year sentence and had no choice but to let Prince run the show on the outside. Bad decision. Prince and Pappy 
went on immediate killing sprees, turning South Jamaica into Afghanistan and Baghdad. Cat gets out on bail briefly just to be put back in jail. By then, his PO, Brian Rooney, Cat is pissed off and tells Pappy to take him out. Pappy carries out the deed with a few guys from the old crew. Pappy lures the PO to a park, pretends to snitch, then guns him in the car. Pappy gets away with that murder briefly. Uh, he's later snitched on one day on the block, and police uh, and a police officer said uh, they used to call it the Iceman. Uh, okay, oh, wait, 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 wait. One day on the block, a police officer they used to call the Iceman started messing with Pappy. Bad decision. He tells Pappy, "Don't drink beer in front of me." Pappy says, "Do you know who I am?" Officer doesn't care at all. Tells Pappy, "Throw away the beer." And Pappy launches the can down the street, walking away pissed off. Pappy is plotting to kill a police officer while Prince is busy murdering distros and connects because they were running dry. Good Lord. Everything changes here. Pappy gets a hitman to kill a rookie officer that is protecting a witness house who was supposed to testify on Cat. Shar Shocker Davis is the hitman Pappy used to kill the officer. This effed everything up for everybody i'm sure it would shocker kills edward byrne shot him five times in the head okay let's see let's watch this wait wait wait. okay okay let's go uh how was he buried how how was he carried how was he carried? Pop quiz. How was he carried? Carried in good standing. Carried in good standing. That means they're going to go to war for him. <laughs> Get carried at the shoulders. Uh, individually, we cannot take on the drug dealers. They are an army. They are a massive army. Welcome to the 40s Project. Two of the men accused of shooting police officer Ed Byrne grew up here. Some people call it the largest crack house in the city. It's five blocks of projects, drugs, and crime. It's a place that even frightens cops. I get scared, but I have to do my job as a police officer. There's a big battle raging in these streets of Jamaica, Queens. On one side, the largest police force in the country. On the other side, drug dealers, armed to the teeth and with untold wealth. Many people in the neighborhood are afraid. We need an army. Okay, let's continue. So Prince ends up going to jail on murder charges, beats all four, doesn't rat, gets found guilty of one murder and gets sentenced to life. Various individuals snitched on the Supreme team, costing Prince and his comrades their lives. Prem gets out and attends their murder trial. Uh, let's see. Happy got caught by the police, is serving a few life sentences for the murders he committed. Some say Cat snitched on him, but Pap denied. Uh, let's see. Okay. South Jamaica ever since then is infamously known for what went on during that time. Uh, all these men here, except for a few, are now serving life sentences or they are dead. A few were able to get away scot-free. Okay. That's a condensed version of, I mean, we, we all know the whole, that thing is, it's way more than that. All right. Okay. 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 Wow. Wow. I didn't know. Listen, 
can I just say this real quick? Let me let me pull this back on me. I'm, I may say some things that may offend people. Black folk can't run shit. <laughs> Black folk can't run nothing right. <laughs> oh my God. Black people can't run nothing right. You can't even properly destroy your own communities right. How? 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 How, how do you met? How do you mess up? Like, how do you mess this up so bad? Seriously. Seriously. You know what? Come on, let's go back and, and let's go through the Nikki Barnes thread. Because people still, you know, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go visit the Nikki Barnes thread. Because I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. Let's do this. Come on, let's go back down this, this, the, the the drug dealing rabbit hole. All right. Here we go. Leroy Nicky Barnes Jr. was born in Harlem in 1933. His folks came up from the South during the Great Migration, which turned Harlem into a predominantly black community. Harlem in those days was known for its music theater in the middle of the Renaissance. It was the place to be, and it was the dwelling place for many famous African-Americans. That was the only place to be at night. When the sun came up, Harlem was a very different, dangerous drugs police. Nikki grew up with an abusive alcoholic father who often punched on his mother. When he was a teenager, he picked up a zip gun and tried to shoot him, but the gun blew up in his hand. That was the last time he saw his father. He turned to the hustle in the midst of trying to make ends meet. He picked up a new drug habit. He became a heroin addict. Now, I did not know that. Nikki became an avid user of heroin, becoming a junkie and committing petty crimes, which often got him in trouble with the law. Nikki used heroin, cocaine, even morphine, which is used in war to numb soldiers. We all know that. Um, anything out there sold in, in Harlem, Nikki used. He used drugs from the age of 19 to 26, majority of his adult life. Nikki was going to jail on petty charges like larceny, possession of methadone, possession of heroin, etc., etc. Only got caught using the product, which is pretty stupid. He got to two and a half to five years in prison, and he had no choice but to get clean. During his time in prison, he had to go through withdrawal from drugs, cold turkey, which is often fatal and can kill a person if they aren't resilient enough to deal with the torture. No drug program in jail. He lost weight, had diarrhea, knee cramps, large pupils, sweating. After that torture, Nikki vowed to stay off the smack and get focused. He was released in 1962. New mindset, he decided to be the predator and not the prey of Harlem streets. Nikki left prison with no education, no job, nothing, but he had a connection with the mafia. While he was in jail, he met with the, the mafia man, Matthew Madonna, who introduced him to the Italians. The Italians needed someone to distribute for them in the black community, and Nikki was, a perfect, was perfect for them. The Italians were pushing heroin into the black community since the 1950s and 60s. Heroin was one of the most profitable businesses in the world. Italians got their drugs from the French, then they distributed it to everyone else who wanted to get high. The Italians took a chance on Nikki, which is rare because who gives an addict more drugs with a chance of relapse? People would begin to line up at a spot starting at dusk. Lines of people would be waiting for their product. Cops would roll by and say nothing. While Nikki was becoming a force in the drug trade, Malcolm X, who was a former drug dealer and user himself, began teaching the masses in Harlem. 
and surprisingly, Nikki took heed to his teachings. Nikki joined the Nation of Islam when he got locked up again in 1965. Studying the teachings, he decided instead of uplifting his community, he needs to just get out and get his own. He gets out four years later and a more focused criminal. Using less street people, he turned his drug business into a family affair, which often doesn't turn out well. well yes, we know this. Uh, Nikki's longtime partner named Joe Gallo was gunned down in Little Italy in 1972, but he didn't worry. He called Madonna again and was given the green light in becoming the main source of heroin in Harlem. The first time the community ever seen a black man in charge of that. Nikki created a group called the Council, which was a clique of six other major drug dealers in New York, including himself. So seven, which they thought was a lucky number. They had a code that they live by certain shit like can't sleep with the wife of a council member. They went legit or tried to, and it worked for a while. They leased buildings, opened stores, anything needed to clean their drug money for meetings. They met in Lafrac city houses and Queens, seven dealers, seven words, treat my brother as I treat myself. By the mid seventies, Nikki was a kingpin in Harlem. He was making money rapidly. They went from family affair to really big business. They became, powerful and began to not care about law enforcement a group of feds went to frederick Douglass boulevard and the cop asked them do you know who we are their response was yeah we know who you are if you're not here to buy get the fuck off my block the council moved 20 to 25 or 20 to 50 shit the council moved 25 to 50 kilos a month roughly about five percent of the national total bringing in 10 million dollars a year which is $52 million in U.S. currency today. They also were the first to bring food into the community during the holidays. As a mask to cover their dealings and boost his public image, they served turkeys during Thanksgiving, stuff like that. The heroin was cut and measured by naked women so they could make sure drugs weren't being stolen. It was a shift. Get naked, cut, and measure. Bag it up, get paid, put your clothes back on, then go home. In 1974, Nikki was charged with the stabbing, uh, stabbing a man to death. But Nikki remembered from his early dealings that he was to always have a slick lawyer. So he got off on the murder and the witness died two days before taking the stand. Everybody remembers this infamous New York Times magazine cover. All right. In 1977, the New York Times wanted to do a segment on Nikki. They told him they would use a mugshot if he didn't agree to take a photo with him. Wow. Thus, where this came from. This picture led to his downfall and he didn't even know it. Let's continue. Okay. President Jimmy Carter saw the picture on the Sunday magazine and he threw a bitch fit, immediately calling his attorney general and they pursued Nikki. If you look, uh, you look closely on the magazine cover, it says June 1977. By October, he was arrested and put to trial. And by 1978, he was sentenced to life. The council stopped paying his legal fees and money was drying up on the streets of Harlem. While he was locked up, he received news that no, that one of the council members was sleeping with his wife. Huge violation. So he decided to get them back. Now, I always give Nikki a pass for this. I always give Nikki a pass for this. Always, always, always. Right? Out of all the women you could have had, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, let's continue. His man Tito went around bragging to everyone that he had Nikki Barnes' woman. And Nikki knew that since he couldn't hurt them on the outside, he was going to hurt them in other ways, snitching. Nikki went on the stand and worked with, oof, 
uh, with then U.S. attorney and former mayor of the New York, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Judy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani advocated for him to get his life sentences reduced because of his wonderful help for the FBI. He did get his sentence reduced to just 35 years, and he got out in 1998. He snitched on 109 people. Five council members, including his wife and some other people who were locked up or about to go on trial, making him one of the best FBI informants of all time. And he doesn't regret any of it. So listen, continue to listen. Every reason to testify against him and no reason at all to feel guilty. But it's that street corner indoctrination, that criminal ethic, that street corner value system. It's overpowering. And I started crying on the stand. Had every reason to testify against him. Okay. And no reason. Okay. Well, you know what? Technically, he played him. He played him uh, in uh, American Gangster, right? Cuba Gooden. Like he he plays a spot on Nicky Barnes. If they ever did a, a, a bio, yeah, Cuba's the only man that could play Nicky Barnes, right? Um. See, this is perspective, man. I hear. I feel you. Ray J, I feel you, 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 I feel you. But they start paying his legal fees, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, let's continue, let's continue. Now in his 80s, he is in the FBI witness protection, and he will never come out and never come back to Harlem ever. Had he not snitched, he would have been considered a legend in New York City. Sadly, he's nothing but a rat. Now, I remember a couple years ago, there was a report that he had died, but they said he died actually a couple years earlier than what was posted. Because I, I remember doing a video about it a while ago, and the, they had the dates on purpose messed up. So by the time I reported on it, he had already died a couple years prior. But, you know, all right, all right, all right. Okay. Okay. That was a nice little down. Once again. Black people, y'all can't run nothing. Come on, man. How do you mess up? How do y'all mess this shit up? How do you mess up selling poison to your people? How? How how do you how do you mess up poisoning your own people? You can't even do that shit right. You can't even do that right. That's what I'm saying, man. Let this happen. Listen. Let this be any one of us. Y'all best stop playing. Okay. Y'all best stop playing. Unless you've been behind the wall. You, that's a different type of pressure. When you when you go behind the wall, that's a different type of pressure that I wish none of y'all to ever go through. And for some, for some of us that have survived it, we wish to never go back there again. We wish to never go back there again. You understand? Do you understand? Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying. How do you mess it up, though? How do you mess it up? How do you mess up selling curves? Black people, man, I'm telling you, every time, golly. And, you know, at least the mob had a good 70, 80-year run <laughs> before it all went kaput. Cheesy peach. All right. Okay. Okay. Hey. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. 
We all wish my husband was eaten alive by a tiger or overdosing. You know what? Lord have mercies. Uh, Iron Five, thank you for the five of the super chat. I'm late for class, but my excuse is a good one though. The sheriffs were chasing some old essays on foot. I stayed to watch it. Round table Perfect segue. Yes, Title Forty Two ends in about five hours. And listen, and I, I really didn't think about it till my wife said something because my wife is like, because she's all into it. And I'm like, why do you? So she was like, do you understand how many sleeper cells are going to come in through these borders now? So you got South Americans at the South border. You have, you got Russians, Ukrainians, everybody else at the Canadian border. And you're just going to see this influx of people come in and watch in a year or two. If you think the mass shootings are bad now, the influx of sleeper cells and Manchurian candidates about to flood this country, unprecedented, unprecedented. There's so many just sleepers just itching to come in here and just tear shit up and they're just letting them in. Now, I'm not for all, everyone should leave the country and all. No, no, no. I'm just saying, uh, it, life is going to be very different in about five years, in less than five years, you know? Um, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Sleep, Mexican sleeper cells, uh, Lithuanian sleeper cells, it, that doesn't matter. They all, <laughs> they're all coming in. They're being allowed to come in and, and, just pick off the bones, man. This is shit is crazy. Yeah, this shit's about to be crazy, yo. And you know what? Yeah, less than five. I'm say one to three. One to three years. Um, if you were looking for a civil war, this is what it looks like. If you're looking for a civil war, this is what it's going to look like because everyone for, for decades, we all grew up. It's going to be blacks versus whites. No, what you're going to have is Americans versus non-Americans. That's the civil war you're, you're looking to have. Hey, Erica. Hey, thank you for the tuna super chat. Uh, we have Chinese compounds near Dallas. Oh no. Oh no. Um, I see. Ev- let enough carnage see a couple a couple buildings get blown up here a couple more school shootings happen here and there eventually you're going to have to see you're going to see the american people push back on illegals there's your civil war that is what it's going to look like it's just a matter of time it's just a matter of time i think this will galvanize american people um especially Um, The white Americans, because, you know, for decades, white Americans always had this false belief that they were better than blacks and people beneath them and nothing's going to affect them. Now they're starting to realize that uh, the powers that be don't give a fuck about them either. So I I see this galvanizing more white Americans than anybody. And if anybody's going to push back, it's going to be them. 
is going to be them. I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Right? Okay. So now let's get to uh, the topic of the night. Let's get to Janelle Monet. Now listen. I'm indifferent. She's a talented woman. She did a pretty good job in, in The Second Knives Out. If you watched on Netflix, she was in The Second Knives Out. She did a very good job. She's a decent actress. Um, she's a very talented singer-songwriter. Um, I personally don't feel a way, but black people, it don't take much to get y'all riled up, especially when it comes to sex. You know how you... How did we go from 24 hours, literally 24 hours, we went from California saying no to cash payments and reparations to Janelle Monet, uh, basically telling everybody she's a lesbian. But she's been gay. She's part of that Hollywood coven that we've always talked about for years. She's a product of Diddy. So what, what I don't understand... This, and this, this, this just goes to show, once again, this is my viewpoint, how sexually repressed most black Christians are. Okay? Most black Christians are sexually repressed. Because if not, this would not be a big deal. The majority of black folk that identify as, as Christians are extremely, extremely sexually repressed. Yeah, her and, yes, uh, what the girl name? She played Valkyrie and, and Thor. Y'all forget Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson done told y'all for years. Been gay. I don't mean the ointment, right? Been gay. This, 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 and this should be a nothing burger. But once again, black folk, the majority of black folk are sexually repressed. Look at the men down the street. The majority of the men that complain about women are sexually repressed. Right? So how do you distract black people real quick? Make them do a quick pivot. We talk about sex, not just regular 1950 sex. Lesbian sex. It just does something to black folk. Like, I don't understand it. I've, and I, how long have I been saying that I'm of the opinion that the majority of black women are just naturally bisexual? This should be nothing to you at this point, y'all. Now, I'm not singling anybody out. I'm pretty much lumping everybody together just for the state, of, just for the context of the conversation. I've been saying this. All right. Yeah, it's still taboo. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's do this. Let's do this. I, I, I'm gonna walk this. I don't know how I'm gonna walk this down. I don't know how I'm gonna walk it down. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm gonna walk this down. Yeah, the yoni tails, right? Listen, we have older women 
on OnlyFans now. The all the aunties coming out now, aunties, all the women with gray hair. You know, all of a sudden they do OnlyFans pages. They do the sexy TikTok pages. Now they be like, oh, yeah, I be in the threesomes. I had a girlfriend. Now all of a sudden the aunties are coming out. Come on. Right? Come on. Some of y'all got aunties that had a long time good friend. Never had a man or a husband. If she had a husband, it didn't last long, but she always had that good ass friend for 30, 40 years. Look, just look at some of y'all own aunties. Come on. Black people are so far behind on everything. My man, conspiracy. Thank you for the 500 super chat. The spirit is now present. Get this sheet, bruv. Yes, bruv. I'm woke now, bruv. Yeah. I just saw Mama Duck getting her back blown out on OnlyFans. Mama Duck. There are people out here paying to see mama old ass duck get her back blown out by a 25 year old man. I'm not capping. I'm not capping. She's wearing some blue. Uh, what, what's the shit called ladies? Y'all wear the, the y'all. It, it, it's the, the, the mesh. She's wearing like a turquoise blue mesh dress and she's bent over getting her cheeks clapped by this young dude. <laughs> Where y'all been? Where y'all been? Come on, man. Twitter is your friend. Twitter is your friend. All hail Twitter. Yeah, Mama Duck, bruh. Yeah. Yeah, and she making money. She making money. Wait. Wait, what what file do I have it in? Is it is it in my Twitter files? Is it it's in my Twitter files. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Yeah, she's wearing she's wearing Yeah, it's it's the mesh with all the holes in it. Those type of skirts. And she's been, she's getting clapped out by a young dude. Come on, people. Come on, people. We got to do better, y'all. <laughs> so now that's okay. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do not get on Rose Gold's radar. Lord have mercy. All right. I'm saying all the, yeah, fishnet. There, there you go. Thank you. Fishnet, fishnet. Yes, yes. Yes, you know I'm not capping. Twitter's your friend. Now, this this whole Janelle Monet thing should not be a big deal. Women, black women been been wanting to be objectified. Let them be objectified. Let them objectify themselves. Right? Because if you go online, you see all the black all the black women, girl, yes, girl, yes, sexy. Ooh, I bet you taste good. I want you. Come on, man. It's not even about black women at this point. Black women are going to do what makes them feel good. Okay? Black women are going to do what makes them feel good. Whether it be a man, woman, cat, or dog. Okay? Just women in general, but I'm just talking about black women. They're going to do whatever makes them feel good. You cannot shame the unshameable. 
Now, the bigger issue is the majority of the guys that are sexually repressed and that will have a hard time understanding why she's doing this now, blah, blah, blah. But wait, I, there's, a, there's a pattern here. I got to walk this thing down, okay? Leave black women alone. I ain't nobody talking about black. I, y'all going to do what y'all going to do. Yes, you got to let a hoe be a hoe. Yes. Yes. You, you're misconstruing my point, sexy red. Um, black men are not able to do what they want to do, especially when it comes to sex. Let's stop that cap right now. There's only a few black men that are able to do whatever they want to do sexually when it comes to sex. Okay. Those numbers are pretty low. Let, let's not even do this. Okay. The majority of black men are not able to do what they want to do sexually. Who, who didn't know that? Who didn't know that? Right? Okay? So only a few of us out here doing it. All right? So, um, but before she was activated, she's always been activated, but now it's on full display. Before Janelle went this route, uh, wait, 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 wait. Let me see these comments. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, see, everybody, even brothers know that only, only a select few brothers could actually get away and do this stuff. All that Ron Wills shit, ain't too many Ron Wills guys running around here able to make videos and give, and give pointers and actual, give actual proof they're able to do what they do. You understand? Like, it ain't, brothers out here ain't knocking it down like that. It's a select few. She was always, we're going to get to the weird part. We're going to get to it. Don't, don't worry. We're going to get to the weird part. Okay? So, before they gave her permission to, to activate the, the sex beta kitten program, she was a transhumanist. Y'all forget those, those, old, those old looks. She, she was a transhumanist. Well before it was cool to say transhumanist, right? Okay. So let's get into the progression of Janelle Monet. Yeah, been gay. But before she been gay, she was a transhumanist. She was a transhumanist, the whole metropolis. All right? This is the old Janelle Monet. Let's go back in time. This is the old Janelle Monet. She was pushing that transhumanist shit T 10 years ago. Matter of fact, she was always dressed in black and white, dancing like James Brown. Okay? Back in the day, her, her old performances. She black and white, dressed like, and she would dance like James Brown. We have to go back. You got to go back to, to understand where we're where we at now, okay? And the first, her first three, four albums, you know, awesome. I have, I have, yeah, I think I got her first, first four albums, okay? But she was always pushing the transhumanist stuff, always. She's one of the few black artists that actually pushed that agenda. Okay? One of the few. And and for a long time she was kind of slept on. Like people didn't know when she when she first came out, nobody knew who she was like that. No, Janelle Monet didn't pop until maybe what year is this? 20 2023. 7 8 years ago. Man, she just like became a household name for blacks. She's still not an an A-lister per se. 
You understand? She's not super well known, but she's slowly over the years gotten her popularity up. All right. The average person can't tell you Janelle, Janelle Monet's first album or any songs off the first or second, third album, but you know who she is to a certain, to a certain extent. Right. But she been, you know, she been pushing that these boundaries been doing this. This is nothing new. Okay. Gotta understand how we got here. Gotta understand how we got here. There, there was no gayness. There was no sexiness. All right. You pushing the clone thing now, you know, you, so you slowly, but surely every few years, they let you change the theme up, push a new narrative. Now they don't let you go back to the gutter. Now they don't let you <laughs> go back down the chakra point, right? Now you now you're back at the the the, the was the red is the cervix or 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 the shit whatever chakra that, that that's basically located in the in the in the in either in the anus or like the genital region. So now they let you go back down a few pegs, right? Because be honest, be honest with you, she was she was she was up, okay? She was up. She was she was she was high frequency. Right? She was up. Right? She was up. Now she done went in the, into the reverse. Now you're back at the base level. Right? Let me see. What's it called? It's called Liquor Lover. Is that what it's called? Now, first clue. Here we go. Now you're back at the base level. Now you're back at the base level. Now you, you went down the chakra. You you went down the chakra stairs. You at the base level. The sex is the, you know, out of hunger and 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 shelter. Sex, man. Sex trumps all needs. Besides food, I saw homeless people having sex. Drug addicts have sex. Right. People with coronavirus were having sex. Between sex and food, those are the two, the two most powerful, um, you know, food and sex. That's it. Okay. So now we back on the bullshit. Okay, let's 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 get into it. Now let's get into it. Now this is once again, if you're a sexually repressed person, I, this is really not for you. You may get offended, and, and I'm not. I'm not trying to offend anybody. All right, let me pull it back on me before we get into these clips real quick. This is all about lesbianism. Okay. The album is called. What's the album called? What the hell is it called? The album is called "The Age of Pleasure." So she done took us out of Age of Aquarius, right? Because all y'all, y'all, y'all kept saying, oh, man, Age of Aquarius, man. You know, all the information coming out. We know everything. Now, yeah, shut up. Now, she, she done took us back down to the Age of Pleasure. Okay? She done took us back down to the Age of Pleasure. All right? Yeah. You went, you, you, she's in reverse. Yes. Uh, retarded people. Oh, shit. 
mentally ill people having sex. Oh my God, what? My mom had two mentally disabled kids who were students had sex on the stairways and she had a seizure. Lord, what? And she locked up on the, oh Lord, 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 Lord. Okay? This ain't for everybody. This ain't for everybody. All right? Sorry, especially a lot of these dudes that don't get action with women and not even the type of, it's not even getting action with the women. It's the type of action that she ain't giving you. She give to the other guy, right? She don't give you the threesome. She give him the threesome. Huh? She, right? She don't swallow you. She swallow him. You understand? There's levels to this. There's levels to this. She do all that nasty shit for him and you get the regular schmegular. So you're still in competition. It's not enough for these guys to get the woman. Now now the woman has to give them what she gives to other guys. Right? Okay. Oh my gosh, she saw taught at Hyde Park. She saw everything. That's funny. That's funny. So this is where we're at. Now we're back at we're back at the base level chakra point, the root chakra, you know, the, the sacral nerve and all. Just we're we're at the sex. All right. The album is called "The Age of Pleasure." The single is called "Lipstick Lover." Now, if you don't under, if you don't know what a lipstick lover is, this conversation is not for you. If you're a guy that doesn't know what the term lipstick lover means, you're probably one of these. I said probably. You're probably a a sexually repressed man that doesn't have mind-blowing sex with women. Okay? Uh Uh-oh. Regular (laughs) schmegula. All right? Okay? The majority of those guys down the street are not getting access, the type of the type of sexual access that you know they so so they claim to hate. It's the chick with four or five kids that will snatch your soul. It's the chick with two three kids that will turn you out, right? Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, okay, if you don't know what, what a lipstick lover is, I can't listen. I can't teach everybody. I can't save all of y'all. All right. If you got to see the, and, and let me just say this, the average guy down the street probably couldn't talk his woman into giving him what he really desires because she don't see him like that type of dude. I was in a Reddit post. I'm on Reddit. I'm on Reddit. Do you know the most popular um, forum on Reddit is right now? You don't want to know. Do you know what the most popular forum on Reddit is right now? It's not racism. It's not illegal immigrants. It's not guns. It's not politics. The currently the most popular forum on Reddit right now, it's called the dead bedroom. 
It's called the dead bedroom. The dead bedroom is a forum on Reddit where it's nothing but guys. The majority of them are nothing but guys in sexless relationships, marriages, couples. These guys, I only get head once a year for my birthday. How do I tell her that um, she's gained weight and I don't? It's depressing. Do you understand? It's depressing. The dead bedroom forum on Reddit is depressing. Men are not getting it in like that. They're not. One guy, he's on the edge. He tried to off himself a few times because his wife won't touch him. Uh, One guy, his girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. It's depressing. And it ain't just married couples. It's couples. There's some women in there be like, my husband, he don't touch me. And but what do I do? And this. And they have, they have all these weird terms, right? You know what? Can I sit? Can we, can we walk down this real quick? I'm going to come back to Janelle Monet. I'm going to come back. But I need y'all to see this for yourselves. It's called Dead Bedrooms. I just found out that my wife is going to Southern Europe for over a week with one of her friends. My husband and I have been married for five years. He won't touch me. I need my lover. I'm so tired, frustrated, touch starved, touch starved. Been in a dead bedroom for the last five years, married over 30. We have an argument over something real dumb, which escalated into a heated discussion. I told her I was done. Stop showing affection for one day. Life after moving on. I'm pretty much checked out. There were five attempts. I killed my libido for him. How do you become good enough? My wife is finally taking initiative and wants to try to improve our sex life, but I have nothing left to give. Avoiders. After 10 years, I'm just lost in life. Major frustration. Another night, another attempt, another shutdown. Coming up on 10 years of DB, dead bedroom. Still a dead bedroom. My boyfriend, 28, is of two years is giving me the runaround and I'm feeling, I'm beginning to feel depressed. Coming to terms. Will open relationships solve it? How do you cope? It's so bad in here. They color code these forums, these, these columns as either success story, seeking advice, support only, no advice. You know what? Let me just see if I can just send this to y'all so we can look at this shit together. Y'all have no idea of how really bad it is when it comes to sex for a lot of people. 
for a lot of people. Y'all have no idea, but we're going to go over it. We're going to go over it. If you don't think sex is a, a vital point to human functionality, right? We're going to go over it. I got y'all. I got y'all. Don't sit, don't sit here and tell me I don't give y'all something to think about. See, I, all that bitching about women. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I, my life is too good for all that. I got the opposite of those problems. I got the opposite of those problems. Here we go. 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 You ready? Oh, wait. Is he going to let me do it? Come on. All right. Come on. Let me, let me continue. Come on. Let me go in. Let me go in so I can show the people. All right. Yeah, let's continue. All right, let's, here we go. Here we go. This is it. Dead bedrooms. Dead bedrooms. She said if I made more money, then she would be more sexually attracted to me. This, this is all day, every day. Here we go. This here. What does this guy say? What does this guy say? I just found out my wife is going to Southern Europe for a week with one of her friends during my birthday and Father's Day. She didn't say anything about it until I asked about the credit card charges. I'm not a controlling person. I want her to be free. It's not the money that's the issue. We have plenty, and I don't even care about that. I don't think she's even intended to do something this hurtful. Instead, my suspicion is that I was never even a consideration. So, yeah. I don't know how to process this. Let's go back. Let's continue. Looking for words, uh, looking for advice and words of encouragement. Okay. My husband, 40 and 29, been married for almost five years, been together for 10. Sex was great in the beginning. And even after our firstborn son, uh, which eventually led to our second son, you know how it goes. And I became a stay at home mom and we stopped having sex. He said, when you barely do anything and you just sit there all day, it doesn't make me want to have sex with you. For the record, I took care of two kids. Just all you women that want to sit home and be like, you want to be a housewife and shit, right? Y'all want a man that paid 100% of the bills, right? You want, the, you, want the, you want to be the stay at home wife, so you say you claim. Let's continue. Uh, let's see, let's see. I took one day for myself just to sit and enjoy my time with my boys before they're off to school in a month. And when he come and we came home, dinner wasn't ready. And the house was a bit messy from the chaos of having two boys and the fun we were having being dinosaurs. And now it's the whole thing that I don't automatically do something. I don't get sex. Like, I don't know what to do anymore. Even the men are like, I'm good. Everybody going through it. Feeling myself getting aggravated at my spouse. Been in the dead bedroom for five years. Married over 30. We have an argument over something real dumb, which escalated into a heated uh, discussion. I told her I was done. We're nothing but roommates. And that's not what I signed up for. For years, she would tell me it's not me. It's her. And she's not happy with herself. She's always saying she is sorry. And lately, she says, thank you for even basic stuff. While we were arguing, she admitted she just isn't satisfied with me. I told her she could leave anytime she wanted. And I could be happy with half. Now I find myself just more and more aggravated with what she says and how she handles herself. 
Worst of all, she doesn't get it. At what point do I just say, I don't, I just don't want to fracture my family, empty nesters, but my frustration is getting too closer to my limit. I can go on and on. I can go on and on. Here, here, this one. Can't even please myself. Text says it all. I need my lover. I'm so tired, frustrated, and touch starved. I feel pathetic. I'm going to try to work on us by getting us couples games, conversation cards, but they never even want to play a simple card game with me ever anyways. Always on their phone. Only wants to drink. Gets annoyed at my emotions. I'm just going to keep faking that I'm happy. Maybe that'll attract them to me more. I'm becoming too much, they said. I feel disgusting. Uh-oh. I stopped showing affection yesterday, and it made her sad, she claims. She kept asking me if anything was wrong, and I told her no. Talking about my feelings doesn't matter because you can't negotiate or convince someone into having desire for you. I can just look at her and want to rail her without doing anything special. She likes other forms of intimacy. She just never wants to sex. It's been 31 days so far, and I told her how I felt last week, and she gave me all of her excuses as to why it doesn't happen, gave me all of her excuses as to why it doesn't happen. I've had sex with headaches, soreness, fatigue, and even sadness. The only thing that could truly stop me would maybe be excruciating pain. In the past, we used to even do it on her period. Now, her period is just one of her many excuses as to why we can't do it at the time. Should I distance myself and allow her to feel my absence, or will that just make things worse? Another reason to distance myself would be to avoid sexual temptation since we all know nothing will happen. Look at, are you serious? I, I can go on and on. I can go on and on. 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 Where do I stop? Where do I stop? Here we go. 40, 40 male, two kids, 10 and 12. I've been in a dead bedroom for over 10 years. Aside from the physical, our relationship is great. Uh, I'm in love with my wife. It's zero. Okay. Uh, though years of really tough conversations, we've come to the conclusion that my wife only wants to have sex once or twice a year. Over the years, I've become LL4U, which has been sort of a godsend. You know, let me look that term up. I got I to gotta, I gotta get on point with my, with my new terms and shit. What does that shit mean? Because I like learning. Lower libido for the partner. Okay, lower, lower libido for you. That's what that means. Gotcha. Okay, let's continue. Um, I still have days where I get very sad about the whole situation, but by and large, my days are not completely filled with sadness. I lean pretty heavily on booze and weed in the evenings, and, after, and everybody goes to bed on the really hard days, but I know that's not sustainable long term. Do we have any other avoiders out there? I have a lot of hobbies, so I keep my mind pretty occupied during the day, but nighttime can be rough to avoid those thoughts and feelings. What do you do on the harder nights? I, I do you? Okay. This wife here is going through with her husband, my husband. Uh, and I have had issues in the bedroom for years, even a little bit before we got married, but the reasons for it kept changing and I'm just completely at a loss on, on how to understand the issue. And I question if my husband is even being honest with me or himself or both because of how many reasons seem to keep coming up. 
We've been together for a total of about seven years. At first, our issue was his feelings of inadequacy and insecurity brought on by low self-esteem and depression. Those are understandable. He pushed through those occasionally, and I still try to make him feel wanted by flirting, wearing sexy outfits, and other things I knew he liked. It was clear that he was still into me, even so even though we didn't have sex as often as, as I would like, two to three times a month. That's what she's asking for. I was still able to not take it personally and be okay with it. This is a long, her husband had a problem with alcohol, didn't become a parent until about a year before we got married. Um, blah, 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 blah. In the first three months after sobriety, we didn't have sex at all. I understand that this was because he was working on himself. Okay, okay. Eventually, we started experimenting with sex again. I wore a sexy outfit and seduced him, but it felt strange. I felt almost like an object, like the emotional connection wasn't there. It was a very confusing experience that I've never talked to him about because I didn't want to plant any more forever thoughts about how I might feel about sex. But I did mention that as much as he liked the outfits, it would be nice to try sex without them on, without them sometimes. So I feel like he's into me without them. So he took that as that's off limits now. It's a frustrating trait that he has, that he had, that has also limited what we actually do in the bedroom. I say no to something one time in the context of that moment. And now I don't like that ever. When we do have sex, there's almost a script of events. And if I ever deviate from it, my husband gets uncomfortable. Okay, okay, okay. We've been averaging about once a month, two months for the past eight months. I hate it. I hate it because when we do have sex, it's great. But getting him there is almost burdensome because I can tell he's not comfortable with it. We've had many conversations. I mean, come on, man. Do y'all see? Do, do, in, the, in the words of the Red Dragon, do you see? Do, do you see? Chauncey, thank you for the five on the super chat. I would have just got a, me a prostitute and just keep it a book. <laughs> do do y'all understand? Do you see? Do you see? Do you see? This is not this. No, no, no. See, all y'all, what, what y'all ideas of what you think can and can't work. No. No. You're not in. You're not in their head. You're not in their bedrooms. There's no easy fix. Oh, that can be fixed. No, you're not there with these people. I'm telling you, this shit is, is really bad out here. There's only a bunch of us out here having some real fucking good sex out here. The majority of people are not. I don't care what color you are. The majority of people are not having fulfilling sex with whatever partner they, they choose to engage in. They're not. Will an open relationship, let's get to this one. Will an open relationship solve it? I'm a 32-year-old female in a 13-year-long relationship with my partner. I have three kids and gain weight. I'm 5'6", 206. That's not, it depends on how curvy she is. I've already lost 60 pounds. My goal is 135, 140. My partner doesn't want to have sex with me anymore. It's been like this for a while. There have been times I've encouraged him to have sex with me once every two weeks. It's dropped out again. He watches porn occasionally, even though we've agreed not to have that in our relationship. Like, what the fuck, bitch? Okay. I don't enjoy porn or masturbation. I got angry with him. So, obviously, you don't even know your body enough. So, when you hear a woman say this shit, now, I'm not trying to get all super lyrical miracle with this shit. But if, the, if you're with a woman that doesn't even enjoy masturbating herself, that means she doesn't know herself. She doesn't know what gets her off. She doesn't know her body. You know what I'm saying? That's a problem. But let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. I got angry with him saying, if I would known you'd stop having sex with me, I would have, I wouldn't have gained this weight. 
His response was, I didn't know you would gain this much weight. We were just financially tight and I was stress eating while home with the little ones. Once again, y'all want to be, y'all claim y'all want to be housewives and shit. Okay. I'm currently on a weight loss journey and doing great. My frustration is sleeping next to a man and having a sexual desire, but not being able to express it. I try and encourage him. His, his response is he's not in the mood and he's not attracted to me. It's not going to take me at least a year to lose this weight. I want to have sex. He's my only sexual experience. I'm seriously thinking of proposing an open relationship. My question is if I do that, Will I lose affection for him and want to fully split up? He is a great dad. Thank you. Quit playing with me, man. I'm showing y'all what this shit is real time. Y'all didn't even know this shit existed until I said something. Y'all didn't even know this shit existed until I said something. Until I said, until I brought this up, y'all didn't know this was happening. Right? You didn't know this was happening until I said something. Porn is the problem. Okay. All right, Doc. You got it. Uh, okay, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Porn's been porn porn is as old as, as time, but okay, that's the problem. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to Janelle Monet. Wait, wait, wait. We have a, su- a success story. Let's go. Let's 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 end. This is a success story. Okay. This is just a little story about how things can change after a dead bedroom and how there is always going to be better out there. Okay, okay. Um, let's see, let's see what happened, what happened. Okay, for pretty much all of my college and year after I was stuck in a dead bedroom relationship with my partner, who was low libido male. Throughout our time together, I probably lost track of how many times he told me you should, you should be grateful that I want to cuddle you. Normal girls don't want to have sex all the time. Any other girl would be grateful that I do not. But also, he would only cuddle me for five minutes max before turning over and staring at his phone for the night. Okay, there was a time it was a good. Blah, 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 blah. As I got more resentful, our ability to cohabitate diminished. I, always, I was always angry as a result of sexual frustration, but more so because I felt like my partner did not care about me. He was always too tired to have sex, but would go out all the time. On the occasion he would have sex with me, he would always make me go on top and declare he would not put, out, put any, any, any effort into it. He ended up leaving me. I didn't have the nerve to do it myself. I couldn't find it in myself to give up on someone because I don't want anyone to give up on me. But I learned something the day he left is it's okay to give up on someone once they run out of chances. In time, I realized he never cared about changing me, changing for me, never cared about helping me get what I needed. I realized if I'm making posts on dead bedrooms on the monthly saying the same story every time, it suddenly becomes acceptable to give up. Since then, I've gotten into a new relationship of sorts. It's a semi-long distance, but I'm still more satisfied than I was with my ex. My current partner wants to explore everything that I want to explore. He does not slut-shame me for wanting sex. You black men, you black manosphere Negroes. You black manosphere always slut-shaming women for wanting sex. (laughs) And has said many times he is grateful to meet someone with a high drive as, as his. We also have amazingly amazing intimacy outside of the bedroom. I sometimes feel like this is fake or impossibly good, but for now, I think I found my match, but I sincerely swear if I'm ever on here again, I will not be giving as many chances. I have found my worth. Stop playing with me. Okay? You did not know about this until I said something. All right? Sex is the, I would damn it, say the ultimate the ultimate all right food hunger is probably the only the only drive 
more important than sex. You understand? Y'all can sit here and tell me money. No. Don't get no sex and see how that and see how how you, how you turn out. Right? And then we're talking about good sex. Yeah. Let's get back to Janelle Monet. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to this real quick. Wait, so you want a woman to have sex. Wait, just and to get back to the to those guys on the street point. So you want a woman to be sexually mature, but not have too many bodies, and then not want sex more than you do. So you don't want her to have sex as much as you don't want her to like sex as much as you do. You want her to be sexually mature, but somehow sexually limited in the same, same sentence. Right? Because remember how upset they were at Brittany Renner for doing what she does. You. <sighs> okay. 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 <laughs> Where's Martina? Is she in here? Martina. Martina in another lifetime. <laughs> in another lifetime. Ariane in another lifetime. <laughs> Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I can't. I can't. I can't. How? How? When? 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 All this. I've never heard military man slut shame a woman. You're a whore because you sell. You. You. You work at a brothel, but you're here to service us all. I've never heard military man slut shame a woman. I've never heard uh, 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 rock stars slut shame their groupies. Right? Rock stars marry their groupies. Rock stars marry their groupies. Rock stars marry porn stars. To this day. To this day. What are we, what are we talking about? What are we talking? What? What, what? How? If it makes sense to y'all, if it makes sense to y'all, you understand? Uh, uh, I never heard Chris Breezy, Usher, uh, 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 Keith Sweat. I've never heard them talk bad about the women that throw panties on the stage to them. You ain't never heard R. Kelly talk bad about his, his groupies. Oh, you threw panties at me. Bitch, what's wrong with you? I'm a man. Uh, you threw your panties at me? When? When have you ever heard any man on that level that gets pushed, thrown at them on the regular complain or shame the women that want him? Drake baby mama porn star. Young Dro dated a porn star. Little baby had paid three grand to have sex with a, a, one of his favorite porn stars. What do we, are you? Okay, so let's get to it. Let me wrap this up with Jan- Janelle Monet and and and. <sighs> Let me wrap this. As gay as Luther was and Freddie, J- yes, and they still got panties thrown. You never heard them say, "Girl, what is this?" Big girls take off their panties, throw big draws up there, right? <laughs> big girls be throwing the big draws up there. And- you ain't never seen you ain't never seen Charlie Wilson be like, right? 
When have you ever seen Charlie Wilson throw back some panties in, into the crowd? Never. Right? Freddie Gibbs got a baby with a porn star right now. Freddie Gibbs got a baby with a porn star right now. What's her name? Mama, Mama Mia? Got a porn star pregnant right now. Uh, what's her name? Superhead keeps a man. Superhead keeps a man. Superhead keeps a man. Madonna keeps a man. Cher keeps a man. Jenna Jameson keeps a man. What y'all talking about, man? Fit Mommy, that's her name, Fit Mommy. Thank you. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get into this. So this is Janelle Monet at the Met Gala. The Met Gala. Once again, Beta Sex Kid and Activated. She's on full display. This is her at the, at the Met Gala, right? <laughs> oh, shit. Do you think these women give a fuck about being objectified? Do you think she cares about being objectified? This woman is in her 40s. This woman is in her 40s. You think she cares about what these men, these men online talk about her sexuality and, 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 and her sexual proclivities? No. Because if all those Negroes had a chance, you think she worried about Coach Greg Adams? You think somebody worried about what Coach Greg Adams got to say online? Nigga, you are, you are online. Your arguments online do not hold up in the real world. This is the real world. This is the real world. Okay? This is the real world. This is the real world. What you talking about? What you talking about? That's a woman. What is that a woman? That's a woman recording her. Sis. What do you But that Let's go. Come on. Let's keep let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. These are women. These are women. You don't see no men around her. Okay, one bald head guy. One bald head guy. You see a bunch of women, right? Look at all the women. The women got the phones out. The women got their phones out, not the men. You right. But guess what? The white women even worse. The white women even worse. Let's continue. This is the real world. This is the real world. What is this? What is it? Okay, now can we get, can we get the actual clip? Okay, once again, back in the real world. Back in the real world. Back in the this heifer's on the table. Y'all, she dancing on tables. Back in the real world. What y'all talking about? What you talking about? Okay. I'm mad at her, but those shoes. I, I, I'm going to leave you alone here. Here like, whoa, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you alone. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it. I thought I had more clips. I really, I thought I'd add more, but I guess not. Okay, no big deal. No big deal. So this is what, once again, this is what, um, this is not a call to men. This is for women. Lip, if you, once again, lipstick lover is not a call for men. It's a call for women. Once again, lipstick lover is not about men. 
It's for women. It's for women. Men, this ain't for you. Men, this ain't for you. This ain't for you. And guess what? If the majority of men that have an issue with this, I don't know. This is what they do. This is what they do. How you go, how do you how do you control that? How do you put that in the box? How do you put that in the cage? This is what they do. She been like this. She just put it out there for y'all to see now. What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Did you see any men in the video? <laughs> Did you see any men in the video? This looks like a damn man. L- listen, now, 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 this is where it gets dicey. You know what? That's a damn man. I don't care what you say. That's a man right there. I don't care what you say. That's a man right there. That's a whole man. I, I listen. Shoulders looking kind of broad. Look at the trapezius. That's a whole man. That's bruh. I don't know. That's just looking. That's just looking. I don't know. Bruh. That's looking like (laughs) Autobots roll out. (laughs) Hey, hey, that's that's looking like Autobots roll out. (laughs) Hey, uh, oh, wait a minute, Autobots retreat. <laughs> hey, 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 if you were the chick, right, and she ain't trying to give you none, hey, but like, you know what, I got you, I'm out. <laughs> you just roll out. Oh, oh, you don't want to fuck? Okay. You just roll out. You just... Hey, hey, you just, you hit it with one of these. <laughs> just, you just roll out. You just roll out. Hey, listen. That's a man. I don't get what you're talking about. That's a man. That's a man. That's a man. That's a shim. Yeah, not a, that's not a fish. That's a shim. She, him, that's a man. That's a man. Okay. All right. Okay. This is not for women. Janelle Monet is not thinking about men. She's thinking about women. Matter of fact, let me see. <laughs> Self-made, thank you for the two in the super chat, Brett. Uh, Janelle Bente. Man. Ben Fluid. Ben Fluid. And guess what? The women are going to support this. The women are loving the visuals. The, the actual video comes out tomorrow. I will be looking at the video myself. We'll take notes. I'll take notes and we'll go over it as much as I can. I'm sure YouTube's going to ping me for that. But you know what the hell? Fuck it. Since we're already here. Since we are. Look at this. Look at this here. Listen, listen, now I'm not talking about every guy. I'm talking about the majority of men. You, you understand? If you go down the street and ask, the, and, and actually, 
you know where's sexy red at? If she, I wish she were here right now. I wish she were here right now. Red, if you're still in the building, let me know. Sexy red, if you're still here, let me know. If not, I'll catch you on the back end. I would love for a female content creator to have a bunch of men on a panel and talk about lesbians and watch them squirm and how uncomfortable they get. And some will get some, some will get angry. I would love to see a content, a female content creator. It's already on YouTube. Okay. Okay. Okay, I would love for a female content creator that, to bring a bunch of dudes on to talk about lesbian and bisexual women and see who all would squirm and be like, uh, 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 uh. like, nigga. But let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Is she being dragged by a woman with a big ass? What you talking about? Lipstick lover. This ain't for men. I mean, yeah, you can watch, but it's not about you. She is handsome. She is handsome. This ain't for you guys. Bruh. Bruh. What are we, what are we talking about? What are we seriously right now? <laughs> this seriously right now. <laughs> what are we talking about? Okay, I'll 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 download the video when I get a chance when I get up when I get up out of here. Okay. Once again, now do y'all understand why they can't help talking about it's not so much the women's behavior, it's the behavior they don't exhibit to them. And it's and, and it's majority sexual sexual based, right? It's it's majority sexual based. So, go, you know what? How about we do this, y'all? Somebody go ask Angry Man how many threesomes he's been in. Somebody go ask Angry Man how many threesomes has he been in, right? Go ask who else? Go ask Bernard Riley if he's had threesomes with women. Ask these guys what are their thoughts on 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 bisexual women? Are they for or against? Uh oh. Check my phone. Wait a minute. Did you text me? I'm checking it. I didn't get anything, Rose. What'd you send me? Did you email it to me? Let me check. Let me check. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Got it. Uh oh. What? Uh oh, ma'am, what is this? <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Okay, I got you. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send it. Jeez. Okay, I'm going to send it. Y'all can thank Rose Gold for this. Share, include media files. Yeah. Send it to myself. Yeah, go ask those guys what 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 are their thoughts on bisexual lesbian women? 
And have they ever partaken in a threesome? Not one time, but a few times. You know what I'm saying? And I, I would just love to get their answers. I would love to get their answers. Wait, move on. I'm squirming. Uh-oh. Is that, is that good or bad? Is, is that good or bad? That's a female. I grew. Oh, no, sis. Are you serious? Hold on. Let me. Let me okay. Man, listen. Rose would have the most extra ass YouTube channel ever. Ever. See if it pops up. Okay, open. Unzip. Unzip. There we go. Okay. Okay. I'm going to let Rose go walk us through this. Okay. I'm going to let Rose go walk us through this. Okay, Rose, take it away. Take it away. <laughs> While we look at this picture here, this picture here, Rose said that's a female she grew up with. What you're looking at here is a female. A female. You know what time it is, y'all? It's time to roll out. It's time to roll. Autobots roll out. Okay. It's time to Shimon. It's time to Shimon. Yeah. It's it's that it's that time. It's time to go. Let's go. Let's get up out of here. Come on, roll out. <laughs> roll, roll out. Roll out. <laughs> Roll out. Yes, roll out. This mofo got a better hairline than me. Got a better, you know, the beard connects more than mine. Like, I got, I got like a little patch right here that doesn't connect. This motherfucking shit connected. I'm jealous right now. I'm jealous. I, I'm you know, yeah, it's time. Luda. Roll out. Oh, no. Now Florida boy Jay. Greg Deep. Goddamn. <laughs> that nigga said Florida boy Jay. Hey, you know what? I like him, but something is off with that kid, man. I can't put my finger on it. I, I've watched him from time to time. I enjoy him more when I hear him calling on Star. But I don't know, man. I can't put my finger on Florida boy Jay. Something's off with that kid, yo. Cause he, he watched too much Manosphere stuff. I, I hear a lot of Manosphere points when it comes to women come out of his mouth. And I'm like, you watch too much internet, bro. You down there in Florida. You really shouldn't be having any issues like that with women. But you know, yeah. FBG prime, take it down. Okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. I seen her beat niggas up. Oh no. Oh no. Testosterone is a motherfucker, ain't it though? Okay, um. Okay. Um <laughs> Hopefully you guys learn what a dead bedroom is. 
And, um, you know, just, uh, <laughs> you never know what somebody's going through, you know? And, uh, shit, man. Wait, what Sammy Davis Jr. say? Shit, man. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, you know? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna get out of here. That's natural. No, are you serious? That's crazy. I don't be trying to, but yet it looked the spirit overtook it me and I had to take y'all there. So yikes. All right. Um, wow. Let's get out of here. Um, all right. Find a better show. Where can you go <laughs> from one extreme to the other? <laughs> I'm going to get out of here. Thank everybody for hanging out with me tonight. Bless you all. And I, I you know, it's not, I hope no one takes what I say personal or, or to heart. It's not anything I mean in a malice way, but I need people to understand you are one of the select lucky few. If you are engaging in regular sexual intercourse, you are part of the privileged society. Okay. If you are engaging in, in regular, the type of sex that you like with the reg, you are part of a privileged society. The majority of these people are not getting it in like that. Okay. There's people out here willing, wanting to delete themselves because of it. All right. Yes. That's what I'm here for. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I try. I try. With that being said, y'all get up out of here, man. Go enjoy the rest of y'all night. Go. I have a late dinner coming. So y'all, y'all be good to each other. Be good to yourselves more importantly. And with, with that, let me get up out of here. I don't know who I'm in this with. I don't know who the hell. You know what, Panda? I'm, I need to be calm. Panda, calm me down, please. I need him to calm me down. Sensational.